Hi, Josh. Hi, humans. They the can't say hi back because <laughs> this is a recording. They can't. Oh, there's Pierce Brosnan. Ellie is Googling for images of our guest for today's episode, not Brad Walter. Not a single of these photos are of him, <laughs> but there's Vin Diesel, Russell Crowe. Is that his name? Russell Crowe? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think so. George Lucas? Yeah, George Lucas is in the list. Someone in their prison photo. That, there's a lot of prison <laughs> photos, actually. So Brad Walter is apparently an infamous name for a really awesome dude. None of they're not named Brad Walters either. Like this Google image search is total BS. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then there's a picture of an Apple IIe and it says nostalgia above it. It's like a... I think that would be more Brad. Maybe that's what we'll use. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, so Brad is my boss. And I am spoke to him and we spoke to him because I am on what could be called a self-organizing team. There's apparently going to be riots in the streets about this subject. I don't think that's true. Looting, cars being tipped over. Mm -mm. <laughs> it's not <a laughs> it's not like that. Um, but so there's some contention um, about the subject basically. Um, but yeah, I, I think the conversation was great. We talked a little bit about how both Code 42 and GoCard are hiring right now. So if you want to be part of a self-organizing team, you will have that information now. And But yeah, I, th I think the episode went really great and I'm excited to, to have you hear it. Yeah, Brad's a good guy. All right. Um, do you want to do you want a three, two, one? Because you're the you're the co-pilot. Three, for this two, one, one go. <laughs> All right. I mean, account do the. Yeah, do that. Since you're the star today. <laughs> <laughs> I've already started recording, so go ahead. <laughs> three, two, one, go. <laughs> Hi, Ellie. Hi, Josh. Hi, Brad. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to this episode of Professional Humans, where we <laughs> do things like introduce the show in an awkward way. So um, awkward. <laughs> um, what is even happening right now? A lot of things. A lot of things are happening right now. Um, this is an episode wherein we talk to Brad. Uh, who is a senior manager of enterprise support at Code42. And on his LinkedIn, he mentioned some things uh, that I've noticed a while for myself, is that he builds and leads high-performance teams. Uh, in the interest of full disclosure, he is also my boss. Brad, welcome welcome no, to the show. No pressure. Nice to no, be here. No pressure. <laughs> Are you one of the high-performance team members? He is. I don't know. Yeah, I he is. <laughs> He knows that. <laughs> I I get told that a lot. <laughs> but okay. as as discussed on this show, I don't I don't know. I just do what I can all day long, and then call it good. Mm -hmm. That's what we all do. Pretty much, <laughs> that's all you can do. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I do what I can all day long and call it good. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> that's really that. Basically, we can that should be that's our series wrap. finale. <laughs> 
of the uh, the whole podcast because that's what you uh... a summation episode. <laughs> We're gonna sum it all up. Yeah, that's how you work, people. Every everything that you've learned up until this point is just to do that. <laughs> All right. Well, what we're here to talk about is um, building and then I guess managing self-organizing teams. And it's something that we were thinking about doing an episode on. And I went, well, I'm on a self-organizing team. Somebody gave us that topic. One of our fans. Oh, yeah. Submitted oh, cool. the, to- the topic. So this is a an in-demand topic. There's a lot of literature out there on this type of structure for an organization or for a team Mm -hmm. so i'm not surprised but you did it i did do it and you do do it i still do it (laughs) i should probably not do that past tense (laughs) um i used to work and now (laughs) i used to do but i was wondering if at the beginning of the episode we could talk a little bit about um where where that came from like where the idea came from because i mean it's used a lot in like agile software development but not maybe so much in like the support of that right um in the beginning (laughs) um so when when i so code 42 is my first management job Mm -hmm. and at the time that i took over or became the manager of support there was like seven people in in the on the team sure so that first year i didn't have any grand plans Mm -hmm. I was basically doing uh, the jackass test, right? (laughs) Would a horrible boss do this? Yes, no. If the answer is no, then I go, okay, let's consider it. And then I would ask Mm -hmm. myself, is this how I would want to be managed? Hmm. Um, So the first year, it was mainly building the team and getting people engaged in what we wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And that was something we did via the hiring process. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'd been hiring... I started hiring shortly after I started working at Code 42, um, and I'm, I was pretty good at it, am mm-hmm. pretty good at it. Um, you hired this guy. I did. So, no, you know, well, there's, always, there's always statistical anomalies. Matt, <laughs> Matt Olson hired me first, and they were questionable on that, apparently. Really? Yeah, we, we're super transparent, so mm-hmm. I saw my... You like, can look up your notes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And they were like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> Did I interview? I don't know that I did. No, no, because I got hired on as like just a dude at first. Well, for a while there we were just doing a interviews. dude. Your just job dude. is dude. It was. It was dude. I have you that dude. on my LinkedIn still. I think actually, <laughs> dude at Jayberg Tech. Nice, nice. Yeah. So, so yeah, the idea of building a self-organizing team was not something I did consciously. Hmm. Um, what happened is, as one year turned into two years, I noticed that. I didn't want to micromanage. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to get in people's face. I knew that people had different workflows and different people brought different things to the team. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody might not be the most technical, but they never have an upset customer. Sure. And upset customers go to them, and then when they're done with them, they love the company. So I was like, how do I, how do I harness the diversity of the team mm-hmm. as much as you can have diversity of the team when it's mostly white guys? But yeah, diversity of personality. That's another I guess. podcast. That, that is, is another and that's, podcast. That's, yeah, that's definitely another podcast. I actually talked to uh, your boss about that, about Minneapolis Mad Women, who, as a segue, were doing an upcoming live event with right. them. True fact. True fact. Um, about building in more, like, how can we maybe reach out more to 
to women in in tech and doing that. I don't so, want to narrow it down to just women. I right. want. I I would love to have more diversity on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. When you have a self organizing team, the more life experiences you bring onto the team, the better you are at figuring out new processes, right. uh, resolving issues, and adapting to things as they come in. Um, so while we may not be as ethnically diverse as I would like, we have mm-hmm. a lot of people that have different life experiences, different mm-hmm. uh, thinking patterns. Um, at least I think they do. We haven't you know, studied this. I can attest to that. Okay. Can, yeah. we, can we back up for one second? Sure. Because I know a lot of people who are in like... Uh, project leadership or project management roles who are having an aneurysm right now that we're even talking about self-organizing teams. So can you oh, talk yeah. a little bit about what you what you mean? <clears throat> like what? How do you define it? Self-organizing team. Okay. People um, who are project managers are going. Nobody self-organizes. So so <laughs> there's so self-organizing, um, and actually I guess the reason we're self-organizing team is the longer I've been a manager, the less technically proficient I am. And the more distance I have to what right. people are doing. Right. So in the back of my mind, I'm always aware of that fact, mm-hmm. right? That that I'm hiring people onto the team that are better technically than I was when I was at my best, mm-hmm. right? So I want to make sure that I'm not that manager that says, okay, I need you to do this. I need you to do it this way. Mm-hmm. Um, so initially, I spent, I, I would, when I ask people for a thing, whether it's, a specific ticket or I need you to do this project I don't give details I give enough details that they know what they're supposed to be doing but I don't care I don't care how they get to the end point right. that's up to them sure. right so the first hurdle I, I hit as far as a self-organizing team goes is you have to give people enough information and I call that giving people the why Mm-hmm. Tell them why you are making this decision or why you need to do this, mm-hmm. even if you don't necessarily agree with it. Say, so here's what we're doing, here's why we're doing it, mm-hmm. and here are some concerns I have. And then I usually bring it out to the team and I'll say, okay, what concerns do you have? Um, what roadblocks am I not thinking of? And then mm-hmm. they'll bring up a bunch of great suggestions. And then I adjust my the process mm-hmm. so that it incorporates the people doing the job. Right. So in my view, a self-organizing team is one where, okay, let me back up. When somebody comes on, they have the scope of what they can do even after the onboarding process is narrow. Mm-hmm. My job as a manager, in my, in my belief, is that I slowly help them expand the parameters of what they can do. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that they need me less and less. And my job becomes more coach, mentor, mm-hmm. and make sure that they can take that next career step, whatever that happens to be. Right. Okay. So as you expand somebody's purview, their job purview, that's where the self-organizing comes in to some extent. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's complicated. Well, one of the things, like just to kind of clarify what I mean when I talk about it, is self-organizing as a synonym for autonomous teams yep. or empowered teams. And I think that's really what I feel we have going on is I don't worry, like if I say that, I can bring something to engineering is is Brad going to veto that or anything it's I have the ability to do whatever <laughs> I want to do basically aside from going to the source code and change it myself because you have clear um, expectations and outcomes for your customers right and then you're empowered to make those yeah happen. go through whatever channels yeah. or processes yeah. you need or that you see before you to make those decisions and one of the things 
I and I definitely agree with Brad that he like just says, "Hey, I'm your mentor here. That's that's what we're doing." Um, it's it's more like if someone were to say, "What are you even doing here?" I know that actually Brad would probably be the first to step up and say he has every right to ask that of you. Mm-hmm. Like I yep. have someone in my corner too, so that's cool. Like, but at the same time. Uh, the managers in enterprise support aren't saying you have to take your lunch at this time. You have this amount of time for lunch. You must be back at this time. Like there's that doesn't happen. <laughs> um, there's it's like oh well, hey guys, you need to figure this out yourself. Like we organize that our internally in our team. Mm-hmm. And when you have an an engaged and empowered workforce. Generally speaking, they work harder. They're more invested in the process because mm-hmm. they've made they've helped make every decision that's led to where their current work status is. Right. Right. So, because they've done that, because they know the why, when something hits the edge of what they know, they know realistically what they need to do. Mm-hmm. They might ask for some verification, mm-hmm. or they might ask for. Or my preferred method or preferred operation is. They ask for clarification after they've done a thing, because I don't want the at the end of the day I don't want the customer to wait on us to figure out what our process should be. Yeah, that's something that can be figured out on the fly. Mm-hmm. So the self-organizing aspect of a team comes from education and job duties and the why, empowering your employees and making sure. And if you do those three three things, they're going to be engaged. Mm-hmm. And once they're engaged. It's, it's kind of like when you turn a flywheel. Once you get it going, you can just let it go and it runs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what my, I view my job as a manager is to, well, let me, let me spin back. Analogy that I use often is that I consider everybody that comes onto the team because we're very picky. Mm-hmm. I consider them all high-performance machines of some sort, mm-hmm. a car, whatever type of car you want. My job is to clear the road. I want to be road. a Dodge Charger. Sure. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. My, jo- my job, my job wow as a manager is to make sure that the road is clear and smooth and you can go as fast as you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I shouldn't, I shouldn't get in the way of that. Um, and I would prefer, if I want to extend the analogy further, <laughs> that one of my employees run me over <laughs> than slow down. Sure. If that makes sense. So when, it when does people, make sense. So when people talk about self-organizing teams, at a higher level, what you're really talking about is a team that understands the mission, knows why they're here, knows that they're, knows that they're valued. Mm-hmm. And when those weird things crop up, because, hey, it's life, they know how to correct for it. So the self-organizing doesn't mean that the inmates are running the asylum. Right. It literally means they know how to adapt to changing circumstances on the ground. Right. Um, because so, they're experts mm-hmm. in their, they're experts at what they do. Exactly. Uh, and they are empowered to make decisions. Cool. Yep. yep. Yeah. And I I really like the why stuff, too, because, I mean, it doesn't really matter what I'm looking at. If I'm trying to understand something, like one of the things that makes me work in this area really well is that I just am constantly asking why until I figure out what's what's happening. This is kind of how we run work at Go-Kart, too. Okay. I I don't think we explicitly call it out as self-organizing teams, but we do a lot of navigating the unknown and you just can't anticipate every single thing that's going to come up. So what no. you have to have is a team of experts to um, to know the right way to work with clients and be able to um, make the right choices and not 
be driven by process or... Right. Yeah. This is why I say it's a complicated subject. There's a lot of different things. There's human psychology, there's neuroscience, there's evolutionary thought mm -hmm. and theory that all come together to show how, how this appears to be. I mean, I'm mm -hmm. not, you know, appears to be a really good way to run an organization. It looks easy. It's not. I know. <laughs> and, and, one, so, and one of the... So there was a comment made by another manager at the company something happened, I needed to ask my team for somebody to come in on the weekend unexpectedly. This mm -hmm. was like on a Tuesday. Mm -hmm. So I shot an email off to the team during this manager meeting. And within 10 minutes, somebody goes, yeah, I can do it. I'm like, all right, quit. I was like, just updated the meeting. I'm like, okay, we're done. We got coverage. And this guy next to me is like, wow, you are so lucky. Not luck. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, this isn't luck. It's taken me two years to get the team to this point. Yeah. This was yeah. a lot of work by both me and the people on the team. Did you say that? I said it wasn't luck. Good. Um, <laughs> I was, I've gotten better at asserting myself in certain situations mm -hmm. like that. Um, but at the time I was like, uh, I was like doing the mental calculus. How much of a discussion do I want to get into right yeah. now, right here? And I'm like, yeah, it's not luck. And then I moved on to the next stop. Nice. Um, but yeah, to kind of give an example of the organization stuff, we were having some issues, um, on the team with just everyone leaving for lunch and you're kind of hung up on lunch right now. Josh. I, well, I mean, it's like really the only thing we have to organize around. It is. It, it, that's it. Like everyone else knows what they need to do and just does it. I, we don't, I don't have to like wonder what people are doing. I just kind of know it. Mm-hmm. Um, cause we all check in pretty frequently. Mm -hmm. Um, but we were having a difficulty with it and they just said, one of you guys needs to take charge and figure it out. And I stepped up and started doing all the work to try to figure out what everyone's preference was and, you know, trying to map it out. And I got inundated with stuff and I couldn't, I couldn't finish it. I had it half done. And one of the other guys was like, give me the stuff I've got bandwidth, like, I'll just do it. Mm -hmm. And so he took all the data I'd collected and, and did it. And it just got done. Like, and yeah. it's it just kind of, there are a hundred other examples I could probably pull out, but they're just everyday activities mm -hmm. on, on the team I'm in. So trust is a huge component to this. You can't you, you talk about that as well in your LinkedIn profile. And yeah. I was wondering like, how did you come to allow yourself to have that trust as a manager? And was it like a struggle at first? Did, would it, was it hard to get people to understand, hey, I'm trusting you with this? Like, do you need to, need to keep that? A common, a, common, a common theme when I have team meetings is I don't know necessarily what you do on a daily basis. I need you to give me that information so we can make adjustments. Mm -hmm. So... Mm -hmm. I don't know that I explicitly call out, I trust you. Um, mm. Makes me think whether I should or not. But anyways, <laughs> the, the, the trust is trust is something that's built over time. Um, and it's, it's a key component mm -hmm. to how this type of team works. So I know, I know that people are working. I know they're working hard. I know people are working after hours and on the weekends. Because um, if I check, I see ticket updates. Mm -hmm. And I don't check, I don't watch it so close. I can say, oh, Josh touched four tickets this weekend. And <laughs> and Bobby only touched one. I have to talk to Bobby. It's more, 
I'm just kind of peripherally aware of mm -hmm, what's going mm -hmm. on. There's activity outside of work hours. My team, right. ergo, my team is overworked. I should look into this, right? Mm -hmm. So, but the trust goes both ways. I trust them to do their job and they're going to do it exceedingly well because that's the type of people we have. Mm -hmm. And they trust me to, like he said, I know that if I step out of line or I do something, somebody else says, what are you doing? He knows I've got his back. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't matter if it's CEO of the company or another manager in the company. It's like, I will, I will take the heat. At the end of the day, if I mm -hmm. can't convince them that the action was right, I will say, fine, I told them to do it. It's my fault. Mm -hmm. because that's my job. He doesn't need to deal with, with that stuff. His job is to be phenomenal to customers and, and keep the customers coming back. Cool. That's awesome. I don't know if you need to say that you trust people because I think there's a lot of actions that demonstrate it. If, and if people can't, if you trust people and they can't tell, I don't know. They might well, need to think about it harder. He always yeah. has his feet up on the on the conference table when he's in the team meetings, so we're always worried he's going to Han Solo us. So. Nice. What does that I mean? I rarely put my I rarely shoot shoot. I rarely first, put like, my feet on the conference tables anymore. No, I know. <laughs> Somebody told me about microaggressions. No. Um, was that you? No. Did you tell no, me about I'm, microaggressions? Because no. no. he's also. In addition to lunch, really hung up on microaggressions. Micro, micro no, rebellions. Micro rebellions is my thing. Sorry. You'll I you'll hear like more about it okay. uh, if Possib I'm able to do the the talk I want to get. I, Possibly I actually the same should just thing. make that anyway. Microaggression. I mean, so yeah, that's it's an interesting topic. Um, micro rebellions might be synonymous with micro. That's what I just. Said. I would say a microaggression would be used in such a way to undermine the authority of the person you're microaggressing. Yeah. <laughs> right. There you go. <laughs> it all comes back. Full circle. And we're back. <laughs> Good job, guys. What was the hardest part of uh, getting, you know, you said you worked for two years to get it to the point where it is now. What was the most, when you think back on that, the last couple of years, what was the most challenging? The last couple of years have been relatively easy. The, the, the core of the team has been formed, right? But the mm -hmm. first couple of years, it's really hard for me to figure out it was easy for me to let go. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen examples of people unwilling to let go of things. Mm -hmm. So I was able to, you know, in my, in my internal testing, good idea, bad idea. It's like, should I let go of this? And once I realized the power of delegation, the power of letting go, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I've got a team of people here. And this person is much better at, let's say, running data or using Excel. Mm -hmm. I should have them do this part because I suck at it. Mm -hmm. And they'll do it. They'll enjoy it. <laughs> and we'll get a much better result. Mm -hmm. um, and so, we'll be invested because they've contributed. Exactly. And then and then the, the, the next part is my job as a manager is to make sure they're the one that presents that data. Oh, yeah. Right? Or make sure that their name is prominently displayed on any internal email. It's like, hey, Bobby did this. This He gathered the data. He, he did everything. Mm -hmm. This is him, not me. Mm -hmm. I can attest to that as well. Um, so the hardest part was, f was figuring it out because this was my first management job. And so I had my internal tasks about what made, would I like this if I was an employee? Mm -hmm. Does this make sense? Am I, am I improving their quality of life at work and outside of work? Mm -hmm. So that's how I navigated the shoals of building mm -hmm. this team. And by the time I realized that I should have, I should look at this self-organizing team or this autonomous team, I already had it. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, and 
at that point, I'm like, oh, now I need to figure out what this is and how did I build this and how do I continue it? <laughs> how do you recreate um, it? How, right. And, and one of the, so I'm a big fan of mental models. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the mental models I constantly go back to, and this is in no way an indication that I'm looking for a job elsewhere, if anybody from work listens to this. <laughs> um, but one of the things I do is could I recreate this with a team that I didn't hire? That's because because I I'd hired everybody on my yeah. team. I was I was gonna ask you about that. Like I mean, the people who don't let go, like where did their team come from? Because I would think if you've hand selected, if you if you've said I I think that you're a quality enough person for me to hire onto this job, like why do you have such a hard time letting that person do what you brought them on board to do? So. It's interesting that you that you thought about that too. Um, so <laughs> you were talking about the mental model that you that you built just a moment ago, and I've been thinking about that as well. Um, and so, so what was the answer when you went through your metal, mental model? Would you be able to do this if you didn't hand select that team? I think so. And this is where it gets complicated because there's a lot of a lot of connection connected parts from different areas, right? Mm-hmm. So trust is a key. So I do mental models and I'd like to draw circles that overlap with different responsibilities to figure out, and that's, mm-hmm. I'll talk about that in a second. But when I look at, when I look at hiring or building that self-organizing team from material that I didn't hire, that I didn't bring in myself, mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out what's the most important thing. Is trust most important? Is messaging most important? At what point does the autonomy come up? How mm-hmm. do I make get people that might be jaded or dissatisfied with their job engaged again. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, the more I think about this, I think that the key is trust. The people need to know that you've got their back Mm -hmm. and you want them to to be exceptional and to succeed at this job. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think one way to do that, the first thing I would do is probably talk to the team one-to-one and as groups and say, what doesn't work? What processes have been instituted that slow you down? Mm-hmm. What tools do you need to be faster? How do we make your job easier so you can focus more on having a happy customer and less on making sure you hit all of your KPIs? Like, I yeah. need to make sure all my phone calls are under five minutes on average. I'm like, I could care less. I'd, I want, I, I, so my, I look at customer satisfaction. If we have a 96% customer sat, which we do and we've had for a very long time, mm-hmm. I know we're successful. Mm-hmm. The fiddly bits don't matter so much. I might look at them to see how things are going because those fiddly bits help me assess the health of the team. Mm-hmm. Is the average call time going up? Why? Right? Are we missing phone calls? Why? Is phone volume going up? Why is phone volume going up? Mm-hmm. Those are all things that I can do to try to make things better for the team. Right. So I think that would be the key to doing this at another, at another location. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a mental model. I don't know. Right. And, and we'll never find out. And we'll never find out. Um, <laughs> so I think I could do it, and I think trust is the key. And I think admitting your own inability. But again, that kind of ties into the trust thing. I don't know how to do this. How do we do this? Talk to me. Inform me. Let me know, and then I'll help you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being being vulnerable to to do that is, I think, probably one of the the other things that you have to really be comfortable with mm-hmm. is saying, trust me and let me know and I'll tell you like hey I don't know either let's go find the answer right that's no valid. that's great um that's speaking of building a self-organizing team I heard uh today 
uh, from our illustrious VP, Mr. Bricks, that we are looking for a number of people to join our team. We are. And would you would you tell us like the kind of qualities that you would be looking for in a new potential teammate? Yeah, what kind of cars do you need? Yeah. Uh, there's there's a lot of cars that, that we need right now. I feel like a Hollywood lot in some ways. Um, so there's technical skill is important. Mm-hmm. It's a technical job. You need to understand mm-hmm. computers. Um, a lot of technical skills can be trained though, but right now what we need is technical depth. Mm-hmm. Um, so technical computer technical skills, and then the other thing is what I call the nerd factor, and a better word would probably be passion. I want to know what you're passionate about outside of work because from what I've found, if you have something that's not work-related that you're passionate about, that is an indicator that your mind is open, you're willing to try new things, you're willing to experiment, Mm -hmm. and so that means you're willing to learn and you're willing to push yourself. So I call it the nerd factor because what I try to do is find that thing that somebody loves so much, and this is during interviews, Mm -hmm. that they will talk about it incessantly, ad nauseum, Mm -hmm. like nerds are stereotypically supposed to do. Right? It's like they like something so much that they will talk about it until everybody else in the room is bored and they won't notice. I firmly believe that everyone everyone is a nerd about something. Agreed. I don't know anything about that. I don't know. You don't have anyone in your life that does anything like that. That's for sure. And so I don't care if it's knitting, rebuilding cars, or stamp collecting. Mm-hmm. I want them to be excited about something outside of work. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the big things. Um, yeah. Empathy is also huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't teach somebody to care. No. Either they do or they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so we look for, and then Felicia, co-manager, came up with this concept to find it really well, um, support vocation. We want somebody that gets a high off of helping other people. Mm-hmm. If they can do that, then they can calm an angry customer. They can take somebody and clarify things where they've hit this cognitive tunnel where they're panicking and they can't get away from this one fact, which may be immaterial to their actual problem. Mm-hmm. So having empathy, having the ability to communicate mm-hmm. allows you to get out of that and get them to where they need to be. Mm-hmm. So that, that's what we look for. Um, and I want somebody that's going to be excited about building something, mm-hmm. um, being part of a team that they might not have a chance to be a part of again. Other Other places. Yeah. Hopefully I'm wrong. I'm hope I'm hoping I'm hopeful that this becomes the norm. If any um, other self-organizing team tries to step on our turf, we'll cut them. be some problems. Yeah, we'll cut them. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here. Well, I have a well I have a question. So uh it seemed like you guys were making a joke that I don't understand, which is which is fine. I expected that. But um what I, have, I I'm hearing a lot in what you're saying is that you you want to put your team forward and recognize them and make sure that they get recognized for the great work they're they're doing, mm-hmm. which I think is amazing and I totally mm-hmm. agree with it. But what I've seen, um, I don't know if you do this because I just met you today, uh, but what I've seen people who have that similar um, approach in putting their team forward is that they themselves kind of um, uh, back out of the spotlight whenever possible. And it, it seems like the work you're doing is really important, not just for the support team and, and the, the tech people, but something that other managers at Code42 can learn from. So are you, um, are you trying to share out your ideas about self-organizing teams with other managers, and are you putting yourself into the spotlight enough to help Code42 be better as a whole? That's a great question. Um, yes. 
So we use chatter at work. Um, and so what I started doing, I did the first one last week, as I said, hey, I found this article. Um, here's this, this defines my management style almost perfectly. Mm-hmm. And since I'm not a classically trained manager, ergo, mm-hmm. I don't have a business degree, looking for that identity, mm-hmm. um, some validation is huge. And I've been looking for a long time and I mm-hmm. finally found it and it's awesome. Cool. So I'm reading the book, a book that this article was pulled from and I'm going to, my intention is to share this with the company. Awesome. Um, so I, I've always been really good. So like a new manager comes in, I, I meet them. Mm-hmm. I have lunch with them. I ask them where they came from. What are they hoping to do? What problems do they have? Mm-hmm. I try to mentor as many people as I can. I don't think I do it for the self congratulations or the, but, no. but it's, but it's, but you're right. It's, it's an important thing. You need to get yourself out there enough. Mm-hmm. That people know that you're doing this thing. Yeah, if you've unfigured, if you've unfigured, if you've figured this out and kind of unlocked potential in, in this team, like that needs to be shared. Yeah, and, and I, it's not self congratulatory. Yeah. It's it's making other people better. And where do you do you recall the title of the book so we can share it on the podcast? Smarter, link? faster, better. I sent you an email with the link. Okay, and the title. Cool. Um, I will but actually read not, my emails. Do not read emails from your. Boss. I just sent it like two hours ago. Oh, yeah, I, I have not, as you <laughs> well know, you, I have not read any emails since that time because we were cycling and then I was making delicious burritos and whiskeys. So delicious. That sounded like you said we're recycling, but we were... We were... We were... Bicycling. Cycling. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like, basically everybody knows who Brad is. There's a lot of people, <laughs> yes. How, how old is Code 42? Uh, it's been around for a while, since 2000, 2000 or 2001, um, okay. but they've been doing crash plan full-time since about 2007. Got it. Um, I came on board in 2010, um, and there was two dozen people at the company, and now we're, we're around 400 Yeah. Wow. in the last six years. So it's Pretty flipping big. Mm-hmm. Not super big. It's bigger than it was, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I think oh, you're yeah. forgetting something important. We need to do... A uh, random question from Uh-oh. the random question jar. This is called the random question jar, and you reach in and grab a question. We don't know it. these questions because they're secret. And basically, placed by the guest. And basically, everyone is witnessing live why I am not usually the primary host. What? You're doing great. <laughs> you just forgot a really important tradition, that's all. <laughs> Here, Brad. Awesome. Grab a question. And then w- when you're done... Uh, we're going to give you a piece of orange paper so you can add a question back in. Uh, and you have plenty of time to answer. There's no... Um, uh, so the question is, who is, timed. <laughs> who is the best film director and what is your favorite of their films? That is random. Ooh, wow. That's really random. I suck at this. Um, your favorite film director and the best of their films. Do you need us to start naming some directors? No. I can I can give you my answer, and it would be you Dino. Pull this question. This is Brad's <laughs> question. Yeah, this is mine. Let me answer it. No. Um, my favorite director. Okay, I tend to like movies that have a strong story component where mm-hmm. the plot is tight. So anything by Pixar. Okay. Would be is is definitely up there. I mm-hmm. I always genuinely like how they tell a story. There's no wasted. 
second in a Pixar movie. Everything ties to the plot. Mm-hmm. Everything advances the story. Mm-hmm. So from that perspective, I love those movies. Mm-hmm. Movies that are visually intriguing, I like. Um, the one that keeps popping into my mind is Slumdog Millionaire. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a great movie. I I've, love I've that heard movie. Of that title. I love, I love how they tie. I just like the juxtaposition between the the game that he's on and the flashbacks to his life that have given him the answers to these questions. Hmm. Um, and the story is really solid. I feel. Um, yeah, I guess that's how I'd answer that question. I don't know who the director of that I is. I don't either. Danny Boyle. There you go. I just googled it. Well done. So the answer to the question was Danny Boyle and Slumdog Millionaire, but also anything by Pixar. I want to watch that movie again now. Yeah. I've been wanting to watch that movie for like a year, and mm-hmm. I've never made time for it. I have a gift. Same. Um, I choose to think of it as a gift. Others think of it as a deficit. But uh, I can watch a movie or read a book as many times as I want, and it's like it's, n- it's like I've never read it or seen it before. Oh, so I remember that. I think so. Meanwhile, I can I be totally surprised by the movie ending over and over. So I remember that I adored Slumdog Millionaire, but I have no idea why. See, for me, I will, I will, and I thank the kids for this. I my memory is not as good as it used to be, <laughs> but I used to read a lot when I was younger, and I had like a three or four year window on recycling of books. Mm-hmm. And I'd be, oh, this book, that was a good book. I don't remember much. And then I would start reading it. And within yeah. a chapter or two, the entire story unfolds where I'm like, oh, that's right. He did this thing and did yeah. that. You just and have this to happened. jog it and unlock it. And then it. I'm like, close the book, move on to the next one. Yeah. So, it's, so I did this, I do the same thing, but then I just keep going because I want to experience it all again. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I love that part. Or certain books. I can skip this half of chapter because I hated that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's certain Herman Hess books that I'll read over mm-hmm. and over again. Um, and Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance is fascinating to mm-hmm. me. Uh, but yeah, there's not a lot of books that I'll read repeatedly. Three Musketeers, uh, a ton of Conan the Barbarian serials, <laughs> uh, um, Lord of the Rings. All right, everybody. It's Harry been Potter. a great show. <laughs> so good talking to you, Yeah, Brad. it was great. Well, thanks for having me. This we'll, was awesome. We'll have some kind of nerd show, too, at some point. Yeah, you guys can, can go do like a little yeah, book I'll talk podcast. Nerd Maybe day. I'll have you on my new podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that you just invented? Yeah. Is it going to be called Nerdgasm? No. Oh. I think that already exists. It probably does. Um, I'm not going to be on that podcast. No, you're, you're not. I, I have to ride we my talked bike about that it day. With EJ. <laughs> oh yeah, we got a yeah. we got a we got a feedback from a fan that said our guest EJ has to have his own podcast. Yeah. Well so, he and I talked about that already mm-hmm. actually. But and you'll be on that potentially if you want. Yeah, I'm definitely not here that day. Okay. Super uh, great to meet you. Yeah. Well thanks. This was thanks for saying smart stuff about teams. Thanks. I thanks try. a lot, sir. You're welcome. <laughs> this will go into your permanent record. <laughs> well, it's going to be on the internet. So. <laughs> yeah, it's already going to be there. All right. Get us out of here. Peace out. Thanks again for listening, humans. As always, you can find us on Twitter, at ProHumans, on our Facebook page, ProHumans Podcast, on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash ProHumans, or go the easy route and log on to ProHumans.com where you can find all that stuff and more. This is Danger wishing you a professional week.